Welcome to Good For All. I'm Monique Nelson. Good For All is a podcast by Possibilities, a not-for-profit association that offers community living support services to persons with developmental disabilities and their families. On the podcast, we share stories about disability, community, and inclusion, and invite you to join us as we work toward our vision of good and full lives for all. In this two-part series, we're going to explore one of life's big moments, the transition to adulthood. The last few years of high school are an important time for youth transitioning to adulthood. Transition planning can help youth to live the life they define, shaped by their own goals and dreams. Hashtag Limitless is a youth transition service possibilities designed in collaboration with the Vancouver School Board. It focuses on experiential learning to support personal growth and independence in the community. Our second guest, Pam Newman, is a parent and teacher whose daughter Jasmine recently graduated from the program. She spoke with us about the project and her family's own transition journey. We welcome today Pam Newman and her daughter Jasmine to the podcast. We really appreciate your time, expertise, and enthusiasm for sharing your transition story with us. Pam, can you tell me a bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Pam, and I am the mother of Jasmine, who's a 22-year-old young woman with diverse needs and abilities. And I am also the transition the consultant slash teacher. My my role keeps my title keeps changing, but I am the <laughs> district resource teacher for secondary transition for the Vancouver School Board. Right. And that that's a two hats that you wear, two very big hats. Two, two of many, yes. Two, <laughs> two of many. Of many. <laughs> oh, for sure. Can you tell me a little bit about how these two roles have shaped your family's transition journey? Sure, yes. Um I think that, you know, as Jasmine has shaped my journey in life pretty much. I was just a regular classroom teacher until I had Jasmine and then realized that I really definitely needed to get some more education. So I knew what I was talking about when I was going to be advocating for her. And then that turned into a love of this whole industry and field. And, you know, every step of the way throughout her life has been guiding me into the next step. So you know, coming from preschool to elementary school, you know, I, I saw that through the lens of the parent and the lens of the educator, like, how can I support her? So this transition is, you know, you, you don't think about it when they're young at all. I know that parents avoid thinking about life after high school. I was top of the list of the avoider. I never want to think about that. So when I took this job about eight years ago, it really launched me into, I guess, now's the time. I, I really, I need to start thinking about this. So I only started thinking about it for other kids to start. That was a safe way to launch myself into that thinking. And then as we got closer, um, I started to think about, you know, what do I want for my daughter? Like, you know, before I just thought about what do I want for all of my students? And then I started thinking about, okay, so what is it going to look like for her? Like, I didn't really think about what is she going to be eligible for, I thought about what do I want for her? And then I'll figure out how to make her eligible for that or how she will become eligible. You know, that's a big insight and important thing to share with families is thinking about what the dream is and then figuring out how to make it happen. I think so. I think that's the thing is what do you want for your child? And then don't don't worry about what you're eligible for because you, you'll figure it out. Like between CLBC and other families and other avenues, you can make it happen, I believe. 
So can you tell me a little bit about um, both the community supports and, say, the services? How, like, how would those different things come into play for Jasmine? So for Jasmine, um, you know, most of what we have tapped into are CLBC services um, because she was eligible for, you know, some good amount of supports. I started to look at other things that were already available in the community and, you know, kind of what I considered and what, what you know, best practice was in transition and in, you know, life. And I tried to kind of look outside of the box a little bit. Um, in terms of things that were already up and running that I thought, well, why can't we do that here? Like we weren't doing it in Vancouver yet, but why couldn't we do it in Vancouver? So, and then from that point, I went back to CLBC to start to discuss some of the ideas. I, at the time, was uh, sitting on the CLBC Community Council, which I think is a really good opportunity for families if you want to make things happen, then it's a really good idea to take part in CLBC council. And, and then, you know, you're bringing those ideas to the table with other like-minded folks and, you know, stuff starts to happen. You and I have probably used a little bit of shorthand and we should maybe take a moment to catch up some of our listeners. So we started talking about things like the community and CLBC. So that's the funding funding organization, Community Living British Columbia. It's funded through the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction. So we're sort of using a bit of shorthand to talk about those specific resources uh, that are already out there. So tell me a bit more about those ideas that you heard from other districts that you wanted to bring to Vancouver, and how did you come to hear about them? I think it was actually maybe five or maybe even more than five or six years, seven years, six or seven years ago, where one of a, a fellow parent and fellow teachers let me know about a program on Vancouver Island that was called Inclusion Works. And it was a really cool concept. It was a bunch of parents whose kids had grown up together and they were all transitioning at the same age and they wanted to do something interesting together. And they had put together this incredible model and they had partnered with their distance education uh, program called SIDES, South Island Distance Ed. And they had this amazing program where they had a host agency and the parents kind of facilitated what the program would look like. And they cobbled together staffing and support. And it was really person-centered. So it was a group of kids all the same age. But they looked at their individual wants and needs and goals and dreams. And then they put together a program that, you know, bridged all those goals and dreams together. And then what the parents did is they pooled their funding. So everybody's allotted a certain amount of funding from CLBC, Community Living. And the parents took all their funding together and put it into a pot. And, it, and it's called a family governance model. The parents are very active in this kind of a model where they determine what the needs are for the family. And then they find the people that work for them that share in that model. And I went over a couple times to look at that and just absolutely fell in love with the model and came back to Vancouver and said, you know, we want to do this here in Vancouver. That was how I started is that then I started to try to find other families that I knew that were graduating at the same time as Jasmine and we started to have these family meetings to discuss it. And then we approached CLBC to say, you know, we really want to do this. Um, how can how can we do this? That was the starting of looking at things differently, because I knew that for Jasmine, she wasn't going to be able to step into employment right away. 
And I also didn't want her in, you know, what's traditionally known as a day program, as the day programs that I had seen. I didn't feel there was a fit because there was such a wide range of people in those day programs from, you know, 19 to 70. I wanted her to be with kids her own age, at least to start. So in the end, um, we we really did want to do the same model as they did on Vancouver Island, but we didn't quite get there. And and part of it was because Vancouver is such a different a different place, and we do things differently here. You know, that was one group of families that all knew each other their whole lives. And they had a group of parents who were committed to making this happen. It was, you know, pretty much a full-time job for those parents, or at least a couple of those parents to facilitate this. When I started talking to all these parents, and we had a year or even more than a year, it became pretty clear to me that I was going to be the one that was going to be facilitating this whole thing. And I already had a full-time job. I wanted everyone to be in on this. And everyone was like, we're in, but you can do it. (laughs) (laughs) I do. It's different because, you know, these families were like very hardworking. Some of them didn't speak English very well. They were working multiple jobs. Um, They had grandparents living in their homes. So it was more complicated. For sure. So we said, okay, so we can't have exactly what we want. We're not going to be able to do the full deal family governance model, but what can we take from that model? What can we take from from our core areas of interests and and goals and ideas for our kids and blend that with what's already in existence, so like a community inclusion program and make something that we can be happy with and feel that we're doing what's in our kids' best interests. So tell me a little bit more about the project, which I understand is called Hashtag Limitless, and that the youth <laughs> participating named it. Yes, the kids called it Limitless. It's a um, part-time transition program where students come uh, two days a week in what we call the Gateway to Adulthood program. So we have a teacher and we have support staff, and it's more of a community-based program. So it gives kids that opportunity to, you know, have kind of one foot out the door of high school. We are our own adult program and we'll just use what we can of the school to help us bridge our needs uh, into adult life. So we're trying to, you know, slowly make that transition and still working on goals as much as we can towards making kids as independent as they can um, with a teacher. So there is, you know, some functional academics that are happening. And then they do that two days a week and follow the same school schedule with the school breaks for the first two years. And then three days a week, they're with an agency. I think we have a really, really wonderful marriage with possibilities where we have meetings, we talk about stuff, and we share goals and objectives. So I think it has worked out really, really well that we share our goals and possibilities uses Um, some very interesting assessment tools that they share with us. And we use different assessment tools. So we make sure that we're working um, to support each other in each person's unique goals and objectives. 
Oh, that sounds really interesting, and I can see how that's different than a traditional community inclusion program at this time. You wouldn't have those monthly touch points. It is very different. And I think that's what we wanted is that we wanted it to be more individualized. So, you know, we started out more as a group model, but then once the staff got to know everybody, then a couple kids wanted to volunteer at one place. So they would go on Wednesdays and do some volunteering. We started to find some natural connections with those within that group. And then people could go off and do what was interesting to them instead of just Everyone has to go to one place today. That is one of the changes, though, that I have seen in the um, adult programs. There are smaller groupings now. So that's a positive influence. It's part of the innovations that are happening is giving people exposure to new new activities alongside the interests they have, as well as trying something new. Yep, it is definitely changing for sure. I see that too. Yeah, but you're definitely onto something there. Like uh, someone who's 19 is going to have a different energy level likely than someone who's more mature Um, and they have different interests. So this gives us space for that, right? Totally. And And tell me about the employment focus. I know that was a big piece of Inclusion Works on the island, as well as the post-secondary education. So are are those two pieces uh, in Limitless as well? They are. um, And again, it's kind of person by person. So at the end of our two years, um, two of our kids were working and they so they no longer needed to be in a community inclusion program at all. Like they were, you know, they were off and running. Um, And then the other kids still needed some time. They still needed some more support to be out there employed. Um, They needed a more really more customized employment approach for some of our kiddos who need more one-to-one support. It's hard. It's definitely, it's, it's hard to, to do that on an ongoing basis. So can you tell me a bit about what has worked well in the transition process for you two? So I, I think, you know, the biggest thing that worked was the communication. Once we got going, the communication between the agency and the parents was really, really good. Um, and the focus on the individual goal development. One of the things that worked really well was that uh, Possibilities as an agency um, already had built-in supports for our kiddos. So they already had behavioral supports, employment supports, community connectors, like all those pieces that support transition. And so it was really nice that those supports were all kind of there under one umbrella. Um, And the kids being the same age also, like, you know, that was that that was the whole rationale is that we wanted our kids to be with same age peers. Yeah, it's, it's their own post-secondary, their own college program. Right. <laughs> the College of Limitless, I think. Hey? There's so much exactly. to be learned. Exactly. So much. And can you tell me what some of the challenges were, too? So I think, you know, the biggest challenge was is that there was a lot of onus on the families. So like on me, <laughs> like a lot of pressure to organize this and you know, I think that this is where the navigator could really come in to be helpful, that, you know, a lot of the families are really, it's very exhausting, as you know, raising any kids, but particularly a child with special needs. And, um, you know, when you're working and raising a family, thinking about what life will be like after high school, and, you know, you're thinking, like, I got to think about the next 50 years for this young person. Like, you know, what are we going to do? And so 
it gets overwhelming, that thought. And so families don't really know what what it could look like. I feel like it needs, there needs to be somebody other than me that could help bring families together to, to, you know, say, okay, this is a model that families have been doing. This is how you could get it up and running. And maybe somebody could try to spearhead that instead of having it, having all the onus on the family to do that. That's a really good point. I found that too. Do you think there's going to be more of an appetite in community living to, to embrace this model? I certainly hope so. And if I'm <laughs> doing my job, there will be. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds really yeah. good. And so, and the other thing that I think was a, a little hard was that, you know, we started doing this planning really, really early. Like we started years ago and it was actually one of our work projects at community council to do this family governance model. So, you know, we knew what we wanted to do it, but the problem is, is that the funding starts when people are 19. So, you know, there's a little bit of a disconnect between as much as everybody says, we want to plan early, we want to plan early. You need to kind of know that the money is going to be there available for you and what agency would particularly be interested in picking this up. And if agencies could say, this is an area that we're interested in doing, and maybe can you find us some families that would be interested in doing something like this, we'll work together with the families. And I know the systems don't really work like that right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think it would be helpful if they did. Oh, that that really does make sense. And I wonder if we knew earlier, like when a youth was 16 or so, if they could start accessing some of the pieces that you mentioned, um, such as the behavioral supports and peers teaching of social skills, there's healthy sexuality, and those, those sorts of things, learning them earlier, and then just folding in as you move along. So can we um, maybe invite Jasmine into the conversation and get to meet her a little bit? Yes. (laughs) So Jasmine, I would love it if you could tell me and our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you like to do and the interests that you have. That would be great. What do you like to do? Walk on. You like to walk? Yeah. What else do you like to do? Carry do the home a girl like you. You like to sing a girl like you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you like to travel, Jasmine? You like to go on trips? Yeah. Yeah. Palm Springs. Oh, yeah. Palm Springs, she said. Twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jasmine, I was wondering, what's it like to be out of high school? Do you, what's it like to be out of high school? You enjoyed going to Limitless? Yeah. Yeah? It went... Yeah. What's better, Limitless or high school? Program. The program. Program. Okay, good. Longer. It's longer. It is longer, uh, yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. like to have a full schedule with meaningful and fun yeah. things to do? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the kinds of things you do at Limitless? What do you do at Limitless? You volunteer. Yeah, you volunteer at the neighborhood house. What what kind of volunteering do you do when you're there? Help at the table. Helps at the table. Coming up soon. Oh, I hope we're gonna get to go back soon. Yeah. Oh, me too. Can you tell me a little bit about the goals that you're working towards? At Limitless, what are some of the goals that you're working on? How to talk to people. How to talk to people. Yeah. yeah. How to listen, 
right? When people are talking. Yes. And how to ask questions. Ask what did we do at spring break? Yeah. What did you do at like what did you do at spring oh, break? Yeah, cool. we don't know. Right? Asking good questions to people okay. and sharing information. Yeah. About yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But that's really cool. Yeah. I hear those as being excellent uh, skills for volunteering and for working and and just in life to have good relationships because they help us get to where we need to go, don't they? So uh, what advice do you have for other youth and other families that are going into this period of transition in their lives? How about from you, Mom? Um, Find other families, for sure. Like, you're not in this alone. There's lots of us who are doing this. Um, and there's lots of people that I chatted with that were further down the road in transition that were so happy to share their stories of things that worked, things that didn't work. So I think definitely you're not alone. And, you know, think about what you want for your family and for your kids. Um, and then, and, and more specifically, because I remember thinking just, you know, every time I asked a parent, what do they want? And including myself, I would answer that. I'd say, I just want her to be happy. Right. And that's what we always say. But then, you know, I had to dig a little deeper and then I, now I have to help families. Well, what does that mean? Like, you know, think about employment, think about all the different areas and the different parts of life that are important. And what do you want in each one of those? That's so interesting. You know, when our community living movement started in the 50s, it was parents, parents who said, we want something great for our kids. We want them to have education and opportunity and to live with their families or with their friends and people who they choose to live with. So as far as we've come, um, some things never change. (laughs) And I think you don't have to think about lifelong. Like, you know, I think you can think about, think about it in a few years at a time. Like, so what do you want for the next couple years or the next maybe five at the most, but don't go too much beyond that, right? Because things change as you go along the way and you meet new interesting people and you meet people that are doing cool stuff. So I think if you can kind of keep an open mind and say, okay, this is working for me now and then revisit it to see, is it still working? What more do I want? What do I want to add? What do I want to take out? And I think that things are fluid. So you're not trapped. If you're in something that you don't like, you don't have to be in that forever. Oh, that's wonderful advice. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's very similar to all adults or young adults is trying new things. Some things don't work out and you move on. And it would be unrealistic of us to have different expectations for our kids who need additional support. Absolutely. Get out there and try some things until you find uh, the experiences that are filling you up. For sure. So on that note, this is a closing question for all of our guests today. What does living a good and full life mean to you? Wow. Um, For me, it's really about having relationships in my life that are meaningful and loving and that uh, inspire me. And, um, and and, And that's for my kids, too. And, and really having fun. Like, I really just, I want to have a fun, good life. So we need lots of laughter and um, and lots of support from others yeah, and okay. giving it and getting it both. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think just to have meaning is, you know, to have health and to have relationships and love and to have meaning is a good and full life for me and 
Jazzy, you in your life, for yeah. your life to be full, you want yeah. probably lots of love. Lots of love. Yeah, with your family and your friends. And Rosemary, yeah. With Mary, of course, who's sitting Rosemary. behind us. And Rosemary at Limitless. And Camp And Jazzy wants to go back to Camp Sassamat. But not yet, but 23. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, months, so lots of opportunities, right? That's what makes yeah, your life okay. full. Lots we'll get of new things. Yeah. And to get a new shirt. I yes. don't know what color it's up to you. Well, I want to say thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure listening to you and learning how your transition journey has unfolded so far. We sure would like to hear more stories like yours and discover how we can support other individuals and families as we've talked about today as you move into this exciting period of young adulthood. So thank you so much. It's our pleasure. Anytime. for listening to Good For All from Possibilities. I'm your host, Monique Nelson. You can learn more about our transition support services and everything else we do on our website, possibilities.ca. Keep up with the podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And if you liked what you heard, share this episode with your family and friends. Thanks for joining us.